Uh huh. All right, welcome to JPS Football. We've been gone, but we're back. I hope everyone enjoyed a wild, wild car weekend. I know I did. Richie is here with me tonight to talk to you about the upcoming matchups to decide who decide who's going to the conference championships. Uh, Rich, how you doing tonight? Oh, I'm good. I'm happy to be back on the mics. Um, for the listeners out there, we've been working on some of our marketing strategies for the show. Uh, fixing a got a logo coming, huh? Yep, yep, yep. We're tweaking that now, but we'll be here soon. So. Um, yeah, uh, before we talk about the games, let's talk a little bit about some coaching changes. Some of those vacancies have already been filled. Um, not the least of which I guess we'll just start with the headliner urban Meyer to Jacksonville returning to the state of Florida, but this time as an NFL coach wasn't a very long retirement. I'm shocked. Great guy. Um, you know, always runs a clean program. Uh, shit, man. Really uh, identifies talent. Really identifies talent. Um, you know, he's a balancer of personalities, you know, <laughs> because where else in any other program can you find Chota Boy, a.k.a. Tim Tebow, Captain Jesus, aligned with Aaron Hernandez, a.k.a. Madden 25 to Life, and you, <laughs> you coagulate these two great guys together. So Tebow playing the role of Christian mentor, Hernandez pretending that he cares while murking half of the state of Florida. I think it was, <laughs> you know, it worked. I mean, they, they won a lot of games out there. On a serious note, all seriousness, um, the transition from the pros to the pros, rather, from college has not been very smooth for some of the greatest college coaches. It's a rarity. And um, I said on one of our group texts that we were talking about earlier, the two most uh, recent that have been very successful, I would have to say currently Pete Carroll and during Pete Carroll's era and before him, Tom Coughlin. Coughlin uh, had a nice stint in Boston College after serving as an assistant. And then, you know, he was the inaugural Jaguar coach, which is funny that Urban Meyer, oddly enough, is trying to take the reins now. And, um, you know, Pete Carroll, he he was interesting because Pete Carroll was not a very good NFL coach his first two goes with the Jets and the Patriots, which is funny that he got a third opportunity, but his great run in USC helped that. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a little more recent history that shows kind of that balance. Um, what's his name? Texans former coach O'Brien. He came from college. Yeah. It was not great. It got progressively worse. And he really left them in shambles on his way out. Sure did. Uh, Kingsbury, doing all right. Yeah. People, uh, you know, I. Jury will be out in about another two years. Yeah, yeah. I think so because they, they started to surprise some people. And then once there were some expectations, they seemed to fall off pretty rapidly. So I don't know. It's hard to say. It's been a funny year, too, for everybody. But uh, I mean. They still were playing meaningful football going into the end of the year. Um, the former Baylor coach who's at Carolina. Matt Rule. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how do we rate their year? I mean, given uh, what it's he tough. had. They competed. I, yeah. I mean, given what he had and with McCaffrey out most of the year, you got to say um, a decent transition. 
And the untimely retirement, unexpected retirement of Luke Keekley. That mm-hmm. also played into a little bit of shock factor. I mean, like for the fantasy heads out there, you know, I, w- I own Christian, Christian McCaffrey in the league that I actually won. And that's rare that you, he was the first overall pick for me, <laughs> I ended up winning my uh, work fantasy league. Shout yes. out James Gilly. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's definitely a mixed bag when it comes to coaches making the leap. Yeah. Um, you got to wonder, too, it's not like Meyer was coaching anywhere the last couple of years. Uh, what's it been, three or four years now, I think, that he's been out of coaching because um, Ryan Day took over for Ohio State, I, I want to say, three years ago. But I could be wrong about that. I mean, it's an interesting opportunity and one that I imagine – most coaches would salivate about because you have a team that has cleaned house for the most part over the last three years, but they do have an array of young talent. I mean, anybody that watched the Jaguars this year, I mean, they were one in 15 for a reason, but what I found interesting about them is that more weeks than not, they found, I found them competing in games where you don't necessarily see, a team that only won one game being in as many games as they were. I mean, the Green Bay Packers are a game away from championship weekend. Jaguars played one of their best games against them. You know, yeah. uh, I mean, I they, they, they're not far in, if they handle their business right. They're going to have the number one overall pick and essentially their choice between Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, which is going to be interesting. It's Trevor Lawrence. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it'll definitely be interesting. I've got mixed feelings, um, as do most Gator fans, about Urban Meyer. He brought us two national championships. Um, he left the cupboard pretty fucking bare on his way out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the circumstances under which he left were um, interesting, to say the least. Yeah. Um it, it wasn't a good look for him, especially not here in Florida. So it'll be it'll be also again, not to overuse the damn word, but it, it'll be interesting to see the reception he gets. Uh it seems like a natural fit, but I don't know. A lot of Gator fans in, in Jacksonville that maybe still haven't forgiven him yet. Well, um, I, I think you know, there's no question that you your program in college was putting out greatness on the field. That's not even up for debate. But like you said, leaving them bare and also on certain levels, the standard of, you know. We were bad for a decade. Yeah. Now, the only thing that might be working in his favor is that his uh, former offensive coordinator, Dan Mullen, is our current coach. So maybe that helps heal the wound a little bit for some. I don't know. Either way, it's kind of irrelevant because Meyer's going to have a completely new job in front of him. He... um. You know, he took over a, a University of Florida team that needed a culture change, but did have strong recruits through um, former coach Zook. Yeah, yeah. He, when he retired for, what, a year? Not quite. Before he took the job at Ohio State. Took the job at Ohio State, who was always a perennial contender and has great recruiting. So he hasn't really rebuilt a program from scratch and of course we're talking about the nfl so it's a whole different mechanism of how you get players to come play for you well one thing that i will say is that khan is willing to work hand in hand with him and uh i i believe one of the better owners in the nfl like like the man wants to win 
And, you know, he wants to do everything in his power to give the coach the best chance to put his touch on what's going to happen. So the way I see it is if it's going to succeed or fail, it's going to be Meyer's project through and through, and he's going to be supported fully. So it's, it, it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays out. And, um, you know, it's exciting. And, you know, the Jets also made a coaching hire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Formerly of the San Francisco, San Francisco 49ers. 49ers. Um, Salah. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting move. I think he's a damn good coach. And I think um, it was just a matter of time before someone scooped him up as a head coach. I don't know about the fit. Yeah, I mean, the Jets are in such disarray that I almost think that the kind of coach that would be able to turn the Jets around in that kind of regard, I don't necessarily think he's a first-time head coach. I think it's an established guy that's done some form of rebuilding, whether it's in the front office or as the, the coach. And it's funny because Bill Cowher's name, believe it or not, was still. linked yeah still was linked to them and i i had a hard time taking it serious doug peterson recently fired of the philadelphia eagles after his shenanigans fucking my giants out of the playoffs haven't had a chance to vent on that shit you should be thanking him in the in the grand scheme yes but you know in the moment not so much uh, what do we say outside if if we get really lucky the eagles will hire adam gase and they'll help both our teams <laughs> Oh, man, it's going to be a very fun offseason because there's going to be a lot of player movement. Carson Wentz, uh, everybody keeps uh, bringing up Indianapolis as a possible destination for Carson Wentz. Matt Ryan might be on the move. Uh, Matt Stafford might be on the move. Bretzky, he, he was convinced that he's going to New England. Wentz, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did say that. Yeah, I'm cool with that. <laughs> Uh, Trubisky could be on the move too Speaking of Brett's favorite players um, Yeah I mean That jock right. me off guy hasn't called back for a while But um, Yeah Trubisky uh, was an interesting character This year uh, A lot of ups and downs uh, Replacing Super Bowl legend Nick Foles Brett's familiar with that guy too That's why Brett loves Trubisky so much It just clicked in my brain It only took me 18 weeks to figure this out He wants Trubisky to get that job And just succeed Because he hates Nick Foles So does Tom Brady Yeah he does Refuses to shake that man's hand Oh, We'll get to Brady soon enough I only have Um, six rings you asshole Who else we had um, Two more coaches Atlanta, Atlanta also made a hire yeah, Arthur, Arthur Smith. Um, yeah, formerly of the Titans. Um, I guess formerly as of his signing. Yeah, I I, I have a lot out. of respect for Arthur Blank. I think he's one of the better owners in the NFL. And what they had going about three, four years ago for the better part of four years during that span was good stuff. Um, I hope that he's able to put back a winner. Uh, Arthur Arthur Blank, you know, New Yorker. Queens, originally from Queens, and uh, well, I, I've always found Arthur Blank as the owner to be uh, very fan-friendly in the sense that he's the only owner in the NFL that still has concessions that would rival prices of the early 80s, late 70s. He's very conscious of you know, the working people, and I, I think he's a good dude, but uh, 
you know, I, I kind of my heart bled for him when his team blew that Super Bowl a couple of years ago. You know, they're going through transition. You know, you got Matt Ryan, a former league MVP, who's coming off a very strong year. They they score points over there. Julio Jones, you know, constantly playing paying playing through pain, but he's going to be on a lot of teams' list. I mean, who wouldn't want to add a Julio Jones to an established contender? You know, so it's it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if they start taking on um, assets and and getting rid of some of those aging players, or or if they try and do a quick rebuild with the pieces they do have available. That's it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Um, but no, fuck them. Sorry, Arthur Blank also owns Atlanta United. Um, Hated rival of uh, the Orlando City. I wasn't Lions. aware of that. Yeah, so fuck them. Um, I hope the rebuild is long and brutal. It all it, it all started when when <laughs> when it all started when Dion brought MC Hammer. You know they beat the shit out of us one year uh, that we won the Super Bowl. And they were pretty bad that year, I think, but they they annihilated us. Really, was, the old school Falcons. Was, huh? I think it was ninety three. That's probably right when they were starting to identify that they actually had some players in the building, because for a short while there they did. Yeah, you know they they, they had an interesting mix of veterans that were on the way out or mercenaries, but then you had like the likes of Deion Sanders who ultimately <laughs> helped you guys win. You know, it, it's it, league is circular. It really is. So, so I think that's it for coaching changes for the moment, and there's still. Still going to be some shuffling. Big sure. shout out to my Giants and big shout out to Patrick Graham. He was on a lot of teams list. The Jets wanted to give that man an interview. He actually gets a slight promotion to assistant head coach, but he wanted to stay and he was quoted as saying, I want to finish what I started here. Also, he has a great working relationship with uh, Joe Judge going back to the New England days before he kind of spread out, you know, with uh, Miami. They they've been a, they've been they've worked together a long time, but uh, Patrick Graham, in time, is gonna be a hell of a head coach. And Garrett did get high, he got that interview with the Chargers, right? He got the interview, but nothing yet. So nothing I was gonna yet. say, you give a shout out, I give a demerit because uh, Jason Garrett's still your offensive coordinator as of right uh, now. Take so it easy. Live with that. Let's see what happens. Um, so I guess I guess we'll move on to the games. Oh, that's right. They got they're playing some football. Football this yeah, week. a few games this weekend. You may right. have heard of a few of them. Uh, first game, I believe, is tomorrow in the late afternoon. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams are going to Lambeau to play the Packers. That um, to sum that one up, best offense, yeah, statistically, versus the best defense, yeah, by most measures. So how do we, before we even know who's playing? If you told me, okay, best defense, best offense, how do we gauge what is the difference? I would say the team with the offense has to play good enough defense because, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I would think that a team that's not offensively sound, it's more of a challenge to show up and play offense as opposed to the team that's good enough at defense, playing defense. You know, we're keeping it very vanilla the way we explain it, but just Brett and I have been back and forth all week about this game. Really? And Brett is convinced that the Rams are going to beat the Packers. That's why I'm getting all vanilla with it. 
because Brett's like, oh, all you got to do is keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. I'm like, motherfucker, that ain't that easy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, Jair Alexander is one of the best shutdown corners in today's NFL. You know, when you think about Green Bay, you don't necessarily think about their defense because of Devontae and Mr. Rodgers. But that's my thing. And Mr. Jones. Aaron Jones is a hell of a fucking back. He's going to be seeking a big payday in a very short while. This might be his last little slew of games with the Packers. This is the thing, and and this is what I think needs to be given uh, acknowledgement and, and credit given to um, the front office in Green Bay. Yes. It was very maligned um, during and after the draft for not giving Aaron Rodgers um, another weapon. Yes. Right? But what they've done is build a solid defense, not the best in the league, but I'd say top 10, um, maybe top 12 at worst. And they've built an offense that can operate beyond just the heroics of Aaron Rodgers. They still need him to carry a lot of the weight, but they've provided a run game and a stellar offensive line. Aaron Rodgers can throw to any group of receivers. He's proven that his whole career. And not for nothing, his if tight ends. His tight ends have shown up when they need to. So, yeah, I mean, I, I do agree that the tight ends, um, you know, while they're not the most explosive combo, they definitely have made some plays. Uh, it, it breaks down even simpler than that, though. Bottom line is this. The Green Bay defense is better than um, the Rams' offense. Oh, yeah. Right? So even if the Rams' defense wins the battle they're not going to win Aaron every Rogers. battle they're not they're going to give up some points it's kind of like playing baseball you could you could only go 3 for 10 and you're still hitting 300 i just don't see the rams being able to do enough to keep up neither do their i their offense is, is in total disarray and they're not playing total chumps it would require the kind of ass whooping where they're inducing turnovers all kinds of wild shit where Green Bay's offense is damn near being shut down in order for this to happen, and I just don't see it happening. The only way it happens is if the Rams manhandle the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. We're used to seeing it from their defense. And I wouldn't be completely shocked to see their offensive line do it because they're they're an elite O-line um, when at full health, but they don't have a QB. So no, they don't. They, they have to run for 200 yards as a team. And something that nobody has really hit on all that much going into this game, Aaron Donald and, and Brett, we went back and forth with this. You don't even make a mention of this. Their quarterback is hurt. It's in one of the coldest places in the NFL to play this time of the year. Just keep him off the field. It's not that easy, knucklehead. Not to mention Aaron Donald. Arguably the best defensive player in the NFL has a rib injury. He's going to play through it, but nobody's going to sit here and tell me that that's not going to limit him on some level. Yeah, I'm. The Rams' defense is good enough that it's going to be competitive. I just don't see the offense doing enough. Maybe, maybe with some special teams plays or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Have but, to be some of that. But that's that's you could say that about any given Sunday. No pun intended. Also a Saturday, but. You know, yeah, if they get every break the right way and luck is on their side, then they can win. But what team can match up, doesn't that happen? Matchup of the game has to be Devontae Adams versus Jalen Ramsey. I'd have to say uh, 
and and I think that that's the Rams' best play to challenge Rodgers to go elsewhere. You Be- think Ramsey follows him? Yeah, I think I think they're going to see a lot of one on one action there. And Ramsey is going to do everything in his power to get Devontae off his game because I will say this right now. There's going to be a lot of shit talking going on between those two. Yeah. Ramsey brings it out of some of the quietest players in the league. I mean, I remember Golden Tate body slammed him earlier in the year. We still lost. But uh, Tate, Tate's had issues in the past, though. With that that's a personal stuff, thing. So, you yeah. know what I Yeah. That's like, a family issue. But, <laughs> but Ramsey, Ramsey has that propensity to really get in people's heads uh, i don't see him kind of like a head. younger richard sherman when he was more yeah richard sherman was a shit talker for sure but to me sherman was still smarter oh, he, stanford grad eh? far from a dumbbell very intelligent man yeah and ramsey went to that school up in the north that we don't talk about um but you yeah. know yeah this this is definitely a game worth watching. I mean, they all are at this point, but I do like this matchup. This isn't some team accidentally ending up there. I think a lot of people would have preferred to see Seattle versus Green Bay. It would have been a rematch um, of last year, too. Right, but I actually do think this will be the more competitive game. It might be less exciting um, of a quarterback duel than we may have had, but it'll be good football. Actually, I got to correct you real quick. Had Seattle won, it would have flipped. It. Okay. Yeah, that mm-hmm. it just dawned on me too, mm-hmm. because I keep forgetting that Tampa is actually the five seed, which that would have been a fun matchup too. So again, people probably still would have rather seen Seattle win if you're a neutral. Um, As a person that's pulling for the Packers because of my late father, I will say this: I'm actually happy it's not Tampa, um, because I think you know whenever you're a one seed and you have that week off. You're always vulnerable, at least in the beginning of the football game. And Tampa could jump on you, right? Yeah. And next, yeah, that's where I'm going with that. I got you. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, nonetheless, I'm calling this one 24-13 Packers. I uh, about a week ago on Twitter on our Twitter account, Jordan Patrick Show. I uh, <laughs> I I chose the Packers to win by four. I'm going to extend that to seven. I'm going to go Packers 27, Rams 20. I think the Rams are going to put up a admirable fight. But in crunch time, the Packers will make the conversions that the Rams won't be able to. And ultimately, I think the Rams defense is going to get just tired enough. If, if they were playing anybody else, I'd have them winning by a little more. But that's me respecting the Rams defense. Uh, yeah. Um, I will I will add on to something you quickly mentioned. Um, guys, our Twitter account is finally up and running. It took us a year, but we figured out how to log into social media. Um, so give us a follow. It's at J Patrick Show, um, or you can search on Twitter for the Jordan Patrick Show. Give us a follow. Talk shit to us. Do what you do. Um, but definitely, definitely link up with us there because. We're not just going to be sharing our show links. Um, Richie and Jordan in particular pretty much provide um, almost daily commentary on all the happenings that we can't uh, get together to talk about on the show as often. So Yeah, we'd love to the, the interaction with our listeners. It's, uh, it's awesome. So, uh, yeah, please follow. All right. So um, tomorrow night's game, Ravens and Bills. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah I that's my. I, I'll be honest. I have a vested interest in the Packers, like I said, because of my late father. I'd love to see them win it for my dad. But having said that, 
This is actually, in my opinion, going to be the best game of the weekend. This is going to be good shit. This will be probably the the polar opposite of the Green Bay Los Angeles Rams, which could easily turn into a grinded out, low scoring game. Um, whereas this one, there's there should be some fireworks. Definitely yeah. some fireworks. Both these teams, based off reputation, are known for their defense. This particular year, not as much. They have playmakers. Both these teams unquestionably have playmakers. But they're not necessarily those shutdown defenses that they held their hat on for so long. Um, you have two very dynamic quarterbacks. Both these kids can run. I have to give Josh Allen the edge on his accuracy and throwing the ball down the field. Where I give Lamar the edge is that I still think he, as good of a season as Josh Allen is having, MVP worthy, were it not for Aaron Rodgers, I think Josh Allen in this kind of climate is still more susceptible to make a mistake that can cost his team the football game. I'm not – like you look at last week, them trying to put away the Colts, a team that they are better than. Josh Allen, you know, I love his spirit, trying to make something happen, but him trying to make something happen and extend the play – Damn near cost them that home playoff game on a fumble that fortunately was recovered by his offensive lineman. And it kind of gave me those memories of the year before in Houston where, you know, to his credit, he took a lot of blame for the loss. And there was a lot of blame to be passed around because that Bill O'Brien character was coaching Houston. and there, <laughs> Fuck you, A.J. Hinch. And there was a lot of that going on too. This is going to be an excellent game. Um I've supported Lamar in certain forums because it kind of blows my mind the disrespect that this guy gets. I understand that he's not the finest passer in the NFL. I also understand that he gets his yardage in a little more of an unconventional unconventional new way, you know, being the runner that he is. But I like to remind people constantly, this kid does not have a legitimate number one receiver like Mr. Allen does in Stefan Diggs. And I'm not saying that there's not mechanics and things that he needs to improve on. At the end of the day, these are both very young guys that are going to continue to improve. I mean, Lamar's already a league MVP. Just got his first playoff win, got that uh, monkey off his back. Now Josh Allen, same with him, just got his first playoff win, and they're going head-to-head. I think, I think I'm more of a critic of Lamar than you are certainly um but probably more so than most people and not because i don't think he's great i do um it's just he's at a point where his raw athleticism and running ability is what makes him most dangerous his throwing ability and and it's not to oversimplify this. The guy can throw a football, all right? He's an NFL quarterback. He can throw a fucking football. Yeah. He can also read a defense. However, when we're talking about elite level things, he's not elite at either of those two things. He makes some great passes, but the great quarterbacks are consistent. His accuracy is inconsistent. He misses some really easy throws. And it was a problem with a lot of young quarterbacks. You know, Dak... As a quarterback, I watch most frequently as a Cowboys fan, and I've watched his accuracy improve, not just on the long ball, but on making the easy check down passes and stuff like that. The other reason I think that the Bills are going to have an easier time of this is um, 
I think they can afford to play a zone defense. Yeah. I think they can afford to play more zone defense at least because of the lack of weapons that Lamar has downfield. And just by playing a zone coverage scheme, it makes it easier to watch the quarterback when he tries to run. Man to man, you turn your back. You don't see when he takes off. He picks up more yards before people can get yeah, on him. You got to turn your back or else getting scorched. Uh, it, well, it's, yeah, it's it, going to be interesting because that's a val- that, that's a really solid point, Elliot, and and something that I didn't necessarily like going into this think of. I yeah, great great point. A zone coverage is softer. There's more ways to beat it with pinpoint accuracy and reading the defense. So in other words, scheme. what you're getting at is you feel that. Buffalo is going to challenge Lamar to beat them with his arm. Yeah, which, I mean, I, I would assume that's most team strategies. But, you know, a lot of teams on defense have a mentality of what kind of coverage they want to play. Um, and it's not to say Lamar doesn't have the ability to pick apart his own. I'm sure there's highlight reels of him doing it. But I think the Bills' defense is good enough and versatile enough to disguise some coverages be a little unpredictable with certain situations and use that to an advantage because um, last week, man-to-man coverage got exposed with some of those long breakaway runs that Lamar had that flipped the momentum of the game and kept Baltimore with their foot on the gas. That's a good point. And one thing I will say, and, and I said this to Brett once again, we, Brett and I were speaking on a lot of these games. He he likes Buffalo in this one. Um, I like Baltimore, but... The thing here is um, last week, my, my big point to Brett and why I like Baltimore is that Buffalo made me uncomfortable in the sense of they kept Indy in it a little too long, and I see Lamar Jackson as more of a problem, so to speak, than Phillip Rivers. But to your point, Phillip Rivers with his arm, I don't think we're going to question the accuracy versus Lamar. I'll give you that. And also, you got to take into account uh, Philip Rivers' offensive line last week did a hell of a job. They kept him clean all game. Um, yeah. that, that's not necessarily a bad thing, though, because with Lamar, pressuring him is great, but that also opens that's up running That's the lanes. whole thing. So It'll, that more conservative maintain the pocket and slowly collapse on him. Yeah. Right, right. Um, and, and that's another thing. Like Josh Allen's another example of a young quarterback that struggled with accuracy. He, the he reason, made a valid jump. Exactly. That is the part of his game that has increased. To me, Lamar is I don't feel like he made a lot of progress this season. And I'm not I'm not gonna say that that's not factual because all you have to do is look at the stats and look at the situations. Which shows you how ridiculously good he is because Lamar Jackson still had a great season. And he's still able to will his team because I mean one of the biggest reasons why I like the Ravens in this game, they've been in playoff mode pretty much since they played the Steelers in that COVID game that got delayed almost a full week, and it affected the Steelers directly. It affected my team, affected your team, affected a lot of teams. Um, they've been in playoff mode for so long, and I think the team that's expected to win, which is Buffalo, I feel that they might crumble under some of this pressure. But I think it's going to be a very close game. Uh, I'm going the Ravens by three here, 30-27. to 27. I do not completely trust Buffalo's defense. They, uh, for so many years, hung their hats on the bend, don't break. I think they break a little too frequently. I didn't like what I saw in that indie game, and I was it concerned me. I got Buffalo winning this one 
Um, Baltimore's got a pretty good defense. Um, and they're they're going to make the Bills earn it. Oh, yeah. But as the tempo of the increase, uh, game increases, I think you're going to see some more points slip through. Well, Stephon Diggs, I mean, clearly, without question, is Josh Allen's best friend, biggest weapon in this game. And um, how where he goes is where the Bills go, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, it wouldn't blow my mind if the Bills win, but I'm sticking to what I believe. I think the Ravens are going to pull this out. All right, so let's move it along. Sunday, uh, 3.05. Wow, what an odd time. Uh, the surprising Cleveland Browns are going to Kansas City to try and uh, continue their hot run and knock off the uh, Super Bowl champs. This is not a rerun of the college game where these two guys, I think, combined for 12 touchdown passes. So, yeah. yeah, it was Big ridiculous. 12, huh? Yeah, Mahomes was actually on the losing end of that. Uh, that will not be the case. This is probably the quickest one that I'm going to ram through. I got to give the Browns credit. Breaking that playoff hex. Shame on Pittsburgh for letting these guys in the playoffs. They got what they deserved. As far as the Browns go, yeah, 2,000-yard rushers in Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. This is a revenge game for Kareem Hunt playing against his uh, former Kansas City Chiefs. I love the Chiefs in this game. Uh, I noticed that a lot of analysts have this game being close. I don't see it. Uh, I don't think Cleveland has the defense to hang with Kansas City. Um, and God forbid if Kansas City jumps on them early because that could negate some of that run combination between – I mean, Hunt is more of the receiving option out of that backfield. But, you know, kind of like what happened to Derrick Henry last week or even when they played Cleveland going back a little bit, my fear is that if Kansas City jumps on these guys too early, Nick Chubb is essentially – removed from the game and uh i don't like cleveland's chances i think this is the actual game where the the absence of odell might actually be noticeable uh this is gonna be a big blowout as far as i'm concerned i don't think they they just don't have the answers on defense there's too many weapons I, I mean, I, I mostly agree with you i'm thinking vegas is about right they got a 10 point um, call for for Kansas City. I think that's pretty much spot on. I think um, the one thing about Kansas City's defense is they're opportunistic. Yes, and Baker tends to make some mistakes that uh-huh. I, I do think that they'll feast on. Honey Badger is going to have a game. Yeah. Um. I also think, you know, the cheap. Let's look at these teams. At their high points, no one's fucking with Kansas City when they're playing their game. No. They just they have too many weapons. They have the right scheme. They have a good coach. They know what they're doing. This right? team is – I don't like to use the word perfect, but they're damn near perfect. They're pretty good. When they're playing well, they're pretty much unbeatable. And, you know, Cleveland has been playing really well the yes, past several weeks. And, and they've been in playoff mode too. i got to give them a shot. The thing is this – at their best, yeah, they can compete with most teams in the league. At their worst, they've looked really bad. And I can't say the same about Kansas City. They've had a, a more games this year, in my memory, than the previous year where they struggled. And yet, they yeah. pretty comfortably finished the games out in most cases. And that's the thing that's scary about them. That they can beat you. Because let's, re- let's face it, they're the defending world champions. What were they, 15-1? 
defending world champions, just one bad quarter off of an undefeated season, essentially. The Raiders were able to clip them once. 14 and 2, Rich. Oh, they did lay down in that final Charger game. I didn't I didn't remember that. Okay. At any rate, I I just don't think Cleveland has the answers. Uh, I don't think it's going to be as high uh, as close rather of a point spread as Vegas has. I think they're going to break that. I got Kansas City 48, Cleveland 27. I think they're going to kill them. I'm pretty damn close. I'm uh 28-45 in favor of the Chiefs. Um, I think the same kind of flow to the game as you described. I think Kansas City is going to try and capitalize early. Um, and, and I don't think they're going to necessarily jump out to a huge lead. But by halftime, they're going to have a two-score lead that's going to dictate the pace of the game in the second half. 51-27. I mean, I just wanted to, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Rich is calling a blowout. I'm calling a comfortable win. Um yeah, yeah, it should be fun to watch. And then, of course, there's the last game of this playoff weekend. Um, the Tampa Bay Bucks versus the New Orleans Saints, the geriatric bowl. <laughs> Tom Brady, Drew Brees, you can placing in. it up for one last time again. Until yeah. next year when it's <laughs> one other time. These guys remind me of Hogan and Flair. Uh, they always got to say they're retired, then they, they've switched promotions. They'll keep going against each other okay uh the new orleans saints have dominated the tampa bay buccaneers for the better part of eight quarters in two convincing wins during the regular season my fear is it is very difficult in the nfl to beat a team three times having said that just going back to last week i mean tampa beat a seven and nine washington football team i finally said it right um (laughs) New Orleans. Redskins. Sorry, yeah. I had to get it in. Thanks, man. Uh, <laughs> New Orleans beat an 8-8 eight eight Bears team. But the Bears, uh, a little more established defense. It's a, a better team than, than Washington, at least I think so. Uh, I guess what I'm getting at is neither team necessarily got tested last week. Um, New Orleans' recent history hasn't been kind to them in these playoffs. Uh, Tampa Bay hasn't won a playoff game since 2002 and hasn't been in a playoff game since 2007. This is huge for both franchises, uh, two aging quarterbacks. This could be Drew Brees' final game as a Saint if they don't advance. Uh, My fear is they won't. I'm going Tampa Bay 31, New Orleans 27. I want the Saints to win, but I think the Bucs will. And uh, I'm, I'm going to call a blast from the past kind of game here. A.B. scorched these guys two years ago as a Pittsburgh Steeler. Everybody's like, oh, what's Mike Evans going to do with this? You know, is he going to be all right? Antonio Brown's going to take it back this week. It's going to be a huge game. And I also believe Rob Gronkowski is going to take advantage of some mismatches, and he's going to hit the uh, time machine for this particular game. Alvin Kamara is sensational. Uh, that's obviously the big cog in New Orleans offense. They go as far as he does. Everybody talks about Michael Thomas, but Alvin Kamara is the most important player on the team this year. I like the Bucks in a close one. I hope I'm wrong because I do not want to see Tom Brady in another title game. 
31-23 Saints. All right. So they're, they're going to sweep them, huh? Yep. Let me tell you why. Um, yes, you're right. The beating a team three times in one season is incredibly difficult. However. Shout out 2000 Giants. Fuck you, Philly. <laughs> there's um, This will be the third version of the Saints that the Bucks are seeing. You know, they, they've had so many changes at key positions, quarterback in particular, um, with all the back and forth with Taysom Hill and Drew Brees. Even though the transition looked pretty clean on paper, you could tell by the game plans that they eased him back into it. Yeah. You know, um, and, and I feel that's very relevant to an advantage the Saints have here. They, they've had distinct phases to their season, not just against the Bucks, but in general, and I think they've hit their stride. And no one still is giving any respect to that fucking defense. Marshawn Lattimore, the Janoris Jenkins combo, that's a problem. And Gardner Johnson. They, I mean, they've got three really good corners. And even up front. I think their front seven gets slept on. Um, I I just still think somehow there's still an underrated defense. I think it's reputation sometimes goes with that, that yeah. they're not always known for. Because even Green Bay last year, carrying into this year in the Met Lafleur era, their defense last year carried them. Big time. And now Less Aaron so Rodgers is having a Rodgers kind of year. Go figure. He had one of his weirdest, strangest seasons. Madden wanted to diss him and be like, no, nah, pal, you're an 89 now. And he's like, no, fuck, boy, I'm the MVP. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the Saints and Green Bay are the best teams in the NFC. And, I hope and the Saints win. I do. <laughs> yeah. I have no problem going on record being biased saying, fuck you, Tom Brady. Sorry, Doug. Yeah, you're my boy, but I'm sorry. Nah, fuck those guys. Uh, JPP. Yeah. Dominican Sue. Why couldn't I root for these guys? So many guys I just love. Uh, I'm sorry, man. Uh, wasn't Rob Gronkowski? Wasn't did he have a WWE title when when Tampa contacted him? I I'm, the 24 seven title. He's. You know, I'm kind of with you. I I have a soft spot for the Saints. I just like them. I love their city. Um, and, and Tampa, I never really liked or disliked them but I, the players they've acquired i i strongly dislike a lot of them. well i i <laughs> like, do as well plain and simple i i have this funny inclination that the nfl's wet dream is to have number 12 and number 12 meet for the rights to represent the nfc i hope i'm wrong i really do wouldn't they want to breeze um rogers battle just as much Potentially. Because one thing I'll say is this. It seems pretty obvious Brady's going to come back in another year. Breeze? Don't know. This might be the last dance for him. Don't know. So they could I always hold out for another year with that little matchup. Um, maybe with a season that's less chaotic and where Brady starts off a little stronger because there were, there were some patches of this year that he struggled. Uh, he came on strong, as he tends to do at the end of the season. But... Um, Maybe yeah. where they're they're vying for the top there's so seed all many season. great there's so many great stories that Tom Brady denied or was part of denying. I'm not gonna say he's solely responsible for some of the history things that went down uh, talk roll uh the bevel hey, let's not hand it to Marshawn. 
Uh, 28-3. Yeah, I got to give that bastard his due. That was him and James White all day. Uh, he's a great quarterback. I hope he fucking loses, but I'm going to go with my gut, and I'm going to pick the Bucks. All right. So that does it for our picks. Um, I got nothing else. Rich, you want to say anything before we sign off? Anything you want to add? I'm really happy Doug Peterson got fired. This is not uh, football related. I'm really happy that uh, DJ LeMayu got resigned by the Yankees. We will touch on that on the main show. Good day to be a Yankee fan. Uh, that's it. I really believe that's it. Uh, looking forward to getting back from the main show, you know, hitting on our NBA topics. There's a ton of stuff going on in the NBA and in MLB right now that I'm looking forward to hitting on. But uh, no, looking forward to Saturday and Sunday. We got some tomorrow and Sunday. We got some good stuff going on here. There's going to be some good games. And uh, Brett, you're out of your fucking mind for picking the Rams. How are you going to disrespect my father like that, bro? He should come down and smack you in the face right now with that nonsense. The Rams, bro? I can understand if you pick your boy Brady in the snow against the Packers or even Drew Brees. I mean, he did play at Purdue. But the fucking Rams with that Ryan Gosling fucking knockoff Jared Goff? Are you fucking kidding me, Brett? Are you fucking kidding me, Brett? The Rams? Come on, bro. (laughs) Right. So... You know, it's not personal when we make our picks here. Oh, no, never. Thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Please follow us on Twitter at Show or search for The Jordan Patrick Show on Twitter and more to come on all of that social media stuff. Thank you again. We'll talk to you soon.